how flexible are you? Because I and do you have a funnel? Because no, uh, you know no uh, the no. lid of a water bottle is not very okay. Then I would suggest one at a time. Okay, I'll do one yeah. at a time. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Also, don't squeeze. Oh, you know how sometimes was, you see that's, that's what I was gonna do. Yeah, no, you just have to let it run freely. Squeezing can also contaminate the sample. What if I just hit an artery and just just let it go into the the water bottle? That is also another way to do it. Let's do that. Um, Can we do it after you publish the show? I don't... I mean, I I, I need to get on this quick, because otherwise people might die. You know, we've been okay (laughs) (laughs) for a while. (laughs) Um... We could probably last another week without your your magical blood. (laughs) Hi, I'm Steve. And I'm Zach, and this is Fireside Swift. How's it going, Zach? That's going all right. You somehow managed to contaminate me through a microphone um <laughs> i've never i'm you were you're contagious you didn't tell me last time we spoke that you were contagious i was very contagious uh <sighs> in fact i stayed home from work for well i mean i i continued to work but i worked remotely from home uh because i knew how contagious i was uh, what i didn't know however was that my sickness could be transmitted via wire which makes me wonder for all of those who listened to last episode. Like, I mean, is it contagious by recording as well? Ooh, that'd be a good good question to have answered. That'd be really dangerous. Like the ring. Uh, like everybody gets sick because they Wait, listen to you're, our you're, podcast. You're the girl in the well. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm just going to okay. come out of the computer screen or your phone. <laughs> Instead of watching a crazy video, it's listening to an episode of Fireside Swift. Yeah. And then instead of dying, you just get kind of sniffly for a while, cough a little bit. I mean, that sounds like an upgrade. Yeah, I mean, it's better. Right. But it takes a while. Like, I, I've had, I, let's see, I got sick not last week, but the week before, Wednesday. And I'm still, I've still got a little bit like remnants of it. I'm definitely a lot better, but like I, every so often I cough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a long one. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, that'd be great if I could actually be- become healthier faster than you do. Like, what if what if I get over it faster than you do? Well, aren't you in the magical lands of Texas that has magical healing properties? No, that's I, my hypothesis was that you 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 yourself mm. would not get sick. I've lived in <laughs> Texas and I've been sick plenty of times, so I know that it's not true for me. Okay. Yeah, right. no, my, well, my hypothesis revolved solely around you, yourself. I guess I'm the chosen one of Texas. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, so uh, do we have any follow-up from uh, last week? Uh, so, by the way, we I, we probably bit off more than we could chew last week. I, did you feel that after last episode? I yeah, I felt uh kind of worried sending that one out into the world. Yeah, I definitely felt it during the episode that we bit off more than we could chew and then later that week uh so before the episode came out that Wednesday I went to a, a meetup in town here uh led by Yurif 
Yeah, the Yuri we've talked about on the show because he, he he likes to to tell us stuff on Twitter about what we said wrong, <laughs> um, and uh, you know during the meetup that had nothing to do with Grand Central Dispatch, uh, it ended up touching on that topic for some reason. I don't re- remember exactly why, um, but uh, yeah. So Yuri started going into it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that, and we didn't. We definitely didn't talk about that on the show. Uh, <laughs> I kind of mm-hmm. feel bad about that, um, but you know, I, I think in general, like multi-threading is hard. Yes, and so uh, you know, I, I'm happy we took it on. At least we got something out there. I hope we didn't say anything too wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so for you know the people who don't know this, um, this show is generally just one take. Like Steve yeah. and I sit down and start talking. We just have a conversation, and what comes out of it comes out of it. Um, yep. The last episode, we actually stopped kind of towards the end and re-recorded a large portion, which I don't think we've ever done before. We did it on the second episode we ever recorded. Okay. Okay, so two times. And yeah. with one of those being the second episode. Yeah, and that second episode... That second episode re- was rough. Yeah, we recorded, re-recorded the whole episode. So this was like a section of last episode... I realized what I was saying was dead wrong halfway through saying it and, and basically told Zach, we, we need to stop and, and back up and I need to say that over again. <laughs> right. So that's that's how we, we felt about it. Um, we haven't we didn't get a ton of feedback. Uh, so maybe we got it right. Hopefully, uh, maybe. Or uh, some of it right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually we get, uh, uh, you know, if we're really wrong, we get more more feedback. But then again, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if everybody's listening to the episode. So we may have more feedback uh, coming in. Um, but yeah, so we did get a couple of things. Uh, Steven Sherry uh, hit yes. you up on Slack, right? Yes. He messaged me on Slack. He wrote like a small novel uh, <laughs> regarding. So, uh, so we got a of decent service. amount of feedback from Steven Sherry. Yes. Yes. Um, he gave us, yeah. He did a very good job. He was very well researched. He covered it thoroughly. Um, but it wasn't on anything we got wrong. He just wanted to add yes to the conversation, right? Exactly. It was it was additive. Um, mm-hmm. He talked about the quality of service levels and how they follow a multi level queue scheduling type. Uh, and one is user interactive, which is basically your main thread. Another is user initiated, which is for stuff that needs to be executed extremely fast. Uh, but is obviously not as important as keeping the UI responsive. Um, another is utility, which is for work that doesn't need to be done immediately. And the last one would be background, which is the go-to stuff uh, for you know like long-running syncing operations. Okay. And this is in regards to when you're creating your own queue, uh, you have the option of providing a quality of service level. And these... Uh, you know, these values that Zach just mentioned, each of those are an enum. So you just hit dot and you'll get user interactive, uh, user initiated, utility or background. You choose one of those. Um, and I believe you, can you make another one or you probably could, but uh, I think those are the provided ones. And yeah, those are the, those are the provided ones. Yeah. So uh, I'll admit I've never used this. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, your your mileage may vary on it. <laughs> yes. Yep. And uh, uh, speaking of Yareev, yeah, 
Yeah. So he did hit us up with uh, a, a little bit of feedback as well. Um, do you want to go into it? Sure. Uh, he said that you technically can't make network calls using URL session on the main queue. Did we? I don't remember if I actually, I may have said that you could. Um, so that's my bad. That was like uh, a week ago. I don't remember what I said. Yeah, I have no idea what I said last week. Um, I'm not going to listen to the recording. <laughs> no. Listen to my own voice. Uh, um, I was I was here for the recording. I don't need to listen yeah, to it again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, if I said that, um, I actually probably didn't know, to be honest, if you could. Uh, but here, Yareev, you know, says you really can't uh, because URL session will actually, you know, it's got its own queue and it will take over for you. So that's kind of cool that Apple does that. Um, so there you go. And then this is actually something we covered in the meetup uh, was that the purple arrows that uh, in the or the little uh, boxes I was telling you about, uh, mm-hmm. Zach, last week. Yep. Um, that's called the main thread sanitizer. And it's not on by default. Uh, you have to go into the scheme settings and turn it on. And I guess I have it turned on on my Xcode. Um, and at some point I did it. I would recommend for everybody to do that. Because I, actually, I, it probably slows down your compile times or something, but uh, you could do a lot of really interesting things with it. You could even have the entire app stop um, when it notices, you know, pause. You could have it pause when it finds one of these things where you're calling something on the wrong thread. Right. So you're trying to update your UI when you're on a background thread or something like that, like we were talking about last week. Uh, it will, you know, show all the purple stuff and basically tell you something's wrong. Stop doing this. You're doing something wrong with multi-threading. Uh, so that's the main thread sanitizer. It's in your scheme settings. So check that out. All right, I'll I'll have to because I, you know, I had no idea it even existed until you started talking about purple boxes showing yeah. up last week. Well, that's why, like in my head, I was like, this has got to be a setting thing. I don't remember ever turning anything on. I guess I did. I don't remember doing it, but. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen it because I've made this mistake from time to time. And it's, it's easy to do. It's really easy to make the mistake of uh, updating your UI when you're in a background thread, especially if you're using URL session or Firebase or something like that, where you know your callbacks come on a background thread and you're just like, oh, I just need to update. You know, Now I've got this information. I just need to update my UI. You don't realize that you're also on a background thread. Right. Yeah. All right. So, Zach... When, <laughs> when you're trying <laughs> to learn what the definition of a word is, what do you use? I would, I personally would use a dictionary. I'm not sure mm. what, what would you use? I would use Google, actually. Um, I don't. You don't but have... Uh, would you actually... Like, you'd actually pull a dictionary out of, like, a real book? I've got, uh, yeah, Merriam and Webster, both Who just... uses books anymore? I like the feeling. Uh, it's like It pens. also... It keeps, it keeps Nobody, me nobody's in got shape. Pens. Nobody's got books. I, you're the only... <laughs> I have plenty of pens. I have plenty of pens. Anyways, <laughs> it turns out dictionaries are more valuable than actual books. You can use them in your code too. Oh, 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 I'm, I'm just gonna let so, you run with that. I'm just gonna let you I run just, with that. Did That's I fine. just break you, Zach? Yeah, you kind of did a little bit. I was like, did he really just? He did just say that. I did. Okay. I just said uh, dictionaries are are better than books. 
Okay, we're just going to have to move past it. We're just going to have to keep going. So, Zach, what are dictionaries in Swift? Okay, so a dictionary in Swift is a data structure, and it consists of key-value pairs. Um, the keys have to be unique. Uh, the keys are hashed so that you know they must be of a hashable type. And then this gives you uh, quick access to your values, right? So if you think of it... Well, so before we get too far into this, um, we can't gloss over the word hashable. Uh, What is hashable? Hashable is a protocol. Yes, but like let's let's think in layman's terms, right? Like uh, for a beginner programmer, it means it means that whatever you put in, uh, so something that conforms to the hashable protocol. (laughs) You're you're getting too technical. You're getting too technical, uh, Zach. A string or a number is a hashable. <laughs> like, well, like, but those those are two types that conform to hashable, right? Sure, that doesn't tell sure, you what hashable is. I, I know, but like, let's let's be honest. Like, have you used any other real hashables for dictionary keys besides strings? Really? No, it's basically been strings. Yeah. So, like, but when we're but to, when, <laughs> you could you could use anything that that conforms to hashable, right? But, but the reason why hashable is important is it it's because it will take. For instance, your string or number, and it will uh, sequence it into a unique uh, sequence. Yeah, which for lack which of a makes it, term. yeah, so which makes it really easy to find uh, exactly. You know, in, in a in a list, uh, which is why hashable is so important. But the reality is, you know, your keys. Yes, it needs to conform to hashable, but more than you know, you could use a number, but more likely you're going to be using a string for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just I just want to make sure that's out there because we can't just say hashable and assume everybody knows what that means. No, no. Well, I was going to cover it. Oh, okay, sir. Uh, psh, psh, psh. Because of the the access, the quick access to values, it you know uh, you need your key to be hashable to get that quick access. Yeah. Um, and if you think of something like an array, how do you find a thing in an array? Right. Usually you iterate over it. Yeah, well, or you can use a number. Or you right? can use a number. Like you, you, you could use the index, which is... Right, but how do you know the hashable. index? I, let's let's say I did know. You know, I okay. could use that. Well, uh, yes, yes. That's well, that's the same thing with the dictionary, right? Like, you could iterate over the dictionary, but generally we use dictionaries because that key is something we know. It's you know, Right, easy. but I'm saying with an array, you may not know the index, so you'd have to actually iterate over it to find that element. With a yeah. dictionary, you just provide the key and get the element. Yes. And so, yeah. so you know, your code doesn't have to actually do any looping. You just get it immediately. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And, again, <coughs> this is something that you can do with uh, arrays as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, with dictionaries, it, the nice thing is that um, because it can be any type of hashable, we can use strings and we can make it very human readable if we wanted mm-hmm. it to be. Yes. Yeah. You know, for example, uh, I, I like your example here, your Zach. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're going all the way back uh, to the uh, the Lord of the Rings. And, all the uh, way back. All the way back. And so we have a fellowship, right? Exactly. And uh, what's the fellowship going to be? It's going to be a conglomeration of heroes. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this is an unordered set. Like, it's not that you know one hero has to come before the other. Uh, they they sit in a circle and uh, you know talk about the ring, right? Right. Um, and so each of these heroes has a name. We could use that name as a unique key for that hero. 
Mm-hmm. And so we could say fellowship, you know, open bracket, Gimli, and close bracket, and we can make sure that that object or that part of the dictionary references the Gimli hero. Yes, exactly. And I, I think that's great. Like, I, I will say, like, I use dictionaries all the time. Uh, I, I really love dictionaries because it, it guarantees that for that key, um, I have one object there. So if for some reason I accidentally add another Gimli hero that is of the, like the same <laughs> Gimli hero, I'm not going to get two Gimlis in my fellowship. Right. Now, if, granted, our fellowship could have two Gimlis if they happen to be two dwarves of the same name, but it doesn't. Doesn't no. that's a new key. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's something you have to be uh, wary of is mm-hmm. say you do have two Gimli's and you try to assign it to the fellowship. Now you may have overwritten your other yeah. Gimli with this new yeah. Gimli. Yeah, kick that Gimli out. Yeah, he's we done. Don't, we don't need him. Yeah. Gimli <laughs> version two. Two point yeah. Uh so one of the things that's interesting about dictionaries is when you ask for an object from a dictionary by providing a key, it's going to return an optional value. Correct. Why is that, Zach? Well, because, you know, your dictionary may or may not contain a value for that key or the, you know, the key may not exist in your dictionary. So it can't, it can't guarantee that something is returned. Yeah. I love this a lot and i, I kind of wish swift did this with arrays as well but there's there's probably philosophical rings uh, reasons why not <laughs> rings but huh? ring rings yeah i know yeah. i got rings on my head now uh <laughs> philosophical reasons why uh, an array does not uh for instance when i provide an index that is out of bounds of an array uh then my program will crash my app will crash uh but with the dictionary if I provide a key that's not part of the dictionary, it doesn't crash; just returns nil. I love yep. that. And you uh, you have to handle it how you would handle every other optional. Yeah. So you have to program. It forces you to program defensively. Yeah. Yeah. And I again, I love that about dictionaries. So uh, that's that's a I'd say another uh, benefit of dictionaries. Yeah, I, now, I agree. I really I really like using dictionaries as well. Yeah. Um. What were you saying? Well, I was going to uh, mention one of the things that can get really confusing with dictionaries, though, is if you if your dictionary itself is optional. <laughs> um, so, Zach, so, do you, yeah. So I've got I've got a a fellowship that can be but, nil at some point. Yeah, we may or may not have a fellowship. We don't know. Right. So the fellow does it exist? I, who who yeah, knows? This is so, how this is how Sauron thinks. He doesn't know if there's a fellowship or not. Right. Right. So, but what happens, like what gets returned now if I, if I try to uh, look into that optional dictionary? Well, first off, the compiler is going, Xcode, is going to uh, throw some errors at you because you can't just pull out Gimli from an optional fellowship. Ah, Um, you have to, yeah, you have to specify that the felt, like you know that the fellowship is optional. And then you have to handle it with either the YOLO operator or the, uh, what's, what is the, just the question mark operator? Is that explicit, not, not explicitly unwrap. Um, 
Now that you said nil, that, that's all I can think of. Nil no, 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 right. no, no, no. Don't say nil coalescing. What? Uh, okay, whatever the question mark operator is, uh, it, it, but it, you have to do it in a special way. So remember, our dictionary in this case is fellowship. So right after the word fellowship and before the bracket is where we insert the operator. So it would be fellowship, exclamation point, bracket, Gimli, close bracket, or fellowship, question mark, open bracket, Gimli, close question, quote, yeah, close bracket. Okay, and if, if our fellowship is nil, the first one would Crash. blow up on us like yep. it usually does, and then the second yep. one would just return nil? Yep. Cool. Yeah, so, uh, and that's so, usually what I do, but that can get a little ridiculous it, after a while. It can, because you don't know whether... So if I had an object or if I had an attribute that I was setting to fellowship question mark Gimli and it turned out to be nil, I wouldn't know whether the Gimli key existed in my fellowship or whether the fellowship existed itself. Yep. Okay. Now, you can control that, though, uh, before you decide to you know, operate on fellowship. You can do an if let on, on fellowship to make sure that fellowship exists. Uh, you could you guard on fellowship. Uh, you have options, what okay. I'm saying. but like if all you care about is fellowship should exist, and if it does return nil, or sorry, if it if it does return the object that I'm asking for, or if it's nil, I don't even want to worry about it. Move on. Okay. Uh, that's when you would just use the the question mark to just unwrap it. Okay, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, okay, so moving on. <laughs> what's what's next? Uh. So you can also update, modify, or remove keys through subscripting, right? So what do you, we, mean, what do you mean by subscripting? Well, that's your your brackets. That's what okay. a subscript is. So you know, you said fellowship open brackets Gimli close brackets. You could just say fellowship subscripted with Gimli. Okay, as opposed to using functions for this. Yes, correct or methods. I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, you so, could cause, do like. Fellowship dot update. What is it? We had to talk uh, update about this value for key for, for key. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Uh, subscripting is a little cleaner, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but if you if you try to update, modify, or remove through subscripting, uh, one thing to keep in mind is if you assign nil to an existing key, uh, its value is removed, but the key itself is also removed. Yep. So yeah. like Boromir well, that's good. equals nil. I was going to use that too. <laughs> yeah, fellowship uh, open bracket Boromir close bracket equals nil because he's he's not there anymore. He's, he's got twenty done. arrows sticking out of his chest. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert! Alert for those that I, haven't. Honestly, I don't think we need to do a spoiler alert. Spoiler on this. alert! How many years ago? This when did the Lord of the Rings came out? That was even the first movie too. So well, I was I, in high school. The, the book was even earlier. Oh, like that's. <laughs> That's what I was... Do we have to specify that? <laughs> yes. No. We do. Lord of the Rings, the book, came out well after the movies. Come on. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah, the movies so were so great, they decided to write a book on it. I, yeah, that's exactly how that works. It's usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, yeah, that's great. Because uh, you could actually extract all the keys and all the values from dictionaries by calling dot keys or dot values on your your dictionary. So if we made 
the key Boromir equal nil in in Fellowship, then if we called the dot keys, which would return an array of keys, mm-hmm. Boromir would not be a part of it anymore. Correct. Which so. is what you would kind of expect. That'd be expected yes. functionality. You would want your keys, the number of keys to match the number of values you have. Yep. Yep. So it's so a lot of like really complex stuff gets taken care of for you with dictionaries, which is what I which is why I really love using them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Um okay. So we we talked about how to add uh, a value into a dictionary. We talked about how to take away from mm-hmm. a dictionary. What else can we do? Well, we can go over the contents of the dictionary itself, right? Like, so you don't want just one item out of your dictionary. So you want to kind of look at everything. Mm. So right. like, uh, like with an array, we talk about iterating over an array. Yes. We could do that with a dictionary as well. Yes. And it's kind of in the exact same form, right? Like you can use your for in loop for a for an array to go over every indice or every index of the array, you can do the same thing with a dictionary. You can do for you decompose it, right? Like you do for mm-hmm. and then provide a tuple, where the first value is key, the second the second value is value. So I used the terrible <laughs> term there. Um, yeah. <laughs> in dictionary name and then whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, well, and and you don't have to decompose the tuple either, right? You could do you know, for, well, let's just say hero. Well, that's probably a bad example. Like object in fellowship. Um, it will, object will be a tuple where the mm-hmm. first value is key and the second value is value. Right. But you have um, to remember that you're working with, mm-hmm. with two values there. That yep. it's, that's a yeah. whole object. Well, and, I, and, you know, here's something we're talking about today that, you know, we really haven't had a show on, so we can't assume everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will get to tuples in the future. Um, we realized that when we were discussing the notes for this episode. <laughs> uh, so we've added that to the list. Uh, we'll talk about tuples. Uh, just know that in this case, uh, a tuple is just an object that came, uh, an object <laughs> that contains two or more other objects. Yes. So we'll we'll get to a deeper understanding of that later, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been added to the list. Yep, <laughs> but in this case, it's a key and a value in one object. Yep. So it's, it's kind of cool. And then if you you know do four open parentheses key comma value close parentheses, or actually you could name it whatever you want. Right. You know, uh, name comma hero. You know, th- whatever you want in fellowship, then the the first value will be the key and the second value will be the value. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. how you would access it inside the loop itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've used that a lot. Um, but uh, something to keep in mind with dictionaries, if you do this, remember, dictionaries are always unordered. Mm-hmm. So, y- you know, you cannot guarantee that when you iterate over this for loop that they will always be in the same order every single time. Correct. Yeah. The, uh, the, another interesting thing or thing to think about there is um, the ind- indices of the elements in the dictionary will stay static up until you add enough elements to where the dictionary needs to allocate more memory. So and I know that was, that was yeah. a very technical way to put it, right? Yeah. So say yeah. I have memory. So here, here's the breakdown. I have memory for 10 elements, right? Um, okay. 
I add nine elements, right? So those indices for those nine elements stay the same. I add the 10th. The first nine elements are still the same indices. I go to add an 11th. So now, uh, now the language goes and uh, allocates more memory for my array. Well, now the 10 elements that I had in there, they were in this specific order beforehand. Now they could be shuffled. Yeah. And be put yeah. anywhere in the dictionary. So for peace of mind, always assume your dictionaries are in a random order anytime you iterate over them. It, it, there is this technicality where if you really want to dive into it, if your dictionary hasn't changed in any way, it should still be in the same order, but don't assume that. Uh, so here's what, well, so what the, I, I think this is interesting. Uh, the Apple Notes actually says use a dictionary literal <laughs> to contain ordered, you know, an ordered collection of key value pairs. Mm -hmm. But if you did that, you lose the ability that we love in dictionaries where you can specify a key to get a value out of it. You right. can't the do whole, that anymore. The whole purpose of a dictionary. <laughs> yeah, it's literally so a dictionary literal, uh, we looked it up for this show, uh is literally just an array of tuples. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we mentioned tuples earlier. So I don't see what you're gaining <laughs> with a dictionary literal that uh you get with uh you know, a dictionary, except for the fact that uh, it's ordered, uh, but it has the same problems as an array where now we could have two Gimli's that are literally the same object, right. which is not what you want. You know, so a dictionary literal is a way to get yourself into trouble. So I know the, the Apple docs say to use that. Don't do that. <laughs> I and think you're going to you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> for sure. And and I'm just curious if anybody's listening listening to this and has used a dictionary literal before, um let me know because I'm curious what the use case was. Um and I'm not saying that you did it wrong like, you know, I'm just I'm just curious in what uh situation would a dictionary literal be used. I mean, I can think of reasons to use it, but not like if I'm using a dictionary, I'm thinking I want again for this key one object associated with it. Okay, right? so why would you use a dictionary literal? Uh, well, let's okay, so I get again if I had tuples and I needed an array but, of tuples but in that's an ordered not, list, uh, <laughs> that's what I would use a dictionary literal right, for, right? So but that's they, like, they they set this up as yeah. as uh kind of an extra. Or or an added well, I mean, let's, piece so of Zach, functionality like if, if, for dictionary. If I, if I needed to show like a table view, right, and that's an ordered list, and these objects always have a key, and I want to keep that separate from the object, but I still need this ordered list to show the the rows in a table, uh, table view. Uh, a dictionary literal would solve that problem. But again, I don't think this is the right way to do this, and this is not what I do with my code. Uh, what I do is I keep a separate array of sorted keys. Mm -hmm. And any time I update my dictionary, I also update this array of sorted keys. And the right. keys are, you know, I use the same value, the, the same sorting algorithm every single time I sort these keys. And this is what I iterate over to have a sorted list for my dictionary. So... Well, I guess my main complaint is 
the dictionary literal is not a dictionary. <laughs> yeah, that's my complaint. Too. That's that's my main complaint. Like you name something dictionary literal and it's not literally a dictionary. <laughs> it's it's figurative. It's exactly. <laughs> it's not a dictionary anymore. Like so that's my problem with it. Didn't uh didn't Webster's update the definition of the word literally because people use it wrong so often that it like literally means uh that it definitely is that thing and also it <laughs> isn't that thing. I I did not know that. Uh, yeah, I'll I, have to yeah, we'll have to look that up. I'll have to look that up. But th- because I think Webster's is the one that like uses everyday speech and because people Literally. literally use the word literally <laughs> to mean figuratively enough that if you're going to understand the word literally you have to know that some people use it wrong <laughs> <laughs> so it's the definition is the opposite of what it actually means perfect well i think that whoever created the term dictionary literal was using it that way yeah they looked it up in webster's mm-hmm. uh which is why you should use google instead of uh, a dictionary <laughs> to look at words but then what would i do with this massive 5000 page book <laughs> i don't know I, do you actually have a dictionary in your house no i do not okay cuz i i definitely don't no. i mean i have physical books but i don't have a dictionary yeah no i remember growing up we had a dictionary in the yeah, house because here. that was before the internet existed or fully existed to the point of penetrating you know houses for home yeah. use uh and i had, was, I, I remember a big deal was getting a cd rom dictionary oh yeah yeah. Because CDs were so new, but it was like, oh, this could contain a whole dictionary's worth of words. And so you just pop this in and wait five minutes for the mm-hmm. program to load. Yep. And, and you could actually use it as a dictionary. I was like, yep. oh, this is pointless. And you pull you pull the book out and it weighed about 25 pounds and the pages were paper thin, but yeah. the book was still somehow like wait, wait, a wait, foot wait, wait. thick. The pages of the book were paper thin. Literally. Because they were, were, were they made of paper? They were. Maybe? Yeah. No, so they were like, they were, but they were thinner. They were like they were half thinner the than size of a normal page. I know what, you, I know what you're page. trying to say. Yeah. Like my, I'm taking advantage of the fact a, that you're, you're sick brain. this week. You're yeah. sick this week. And so you're not thinking all clearly. They were literally paper thin. And I can, I'm awesome. using that in the correct way. You are. Uh, you are using that literally correctly but you could see through the pages they were that thin yeah but it was somehow you know a, a foot thick yeah no it's, there's a lot of words we uh we talk a lot and um i mean i think you and i have demonstrated that this is what episode 51 51 yeah so and i think we've used like three of them you know three of those words Mm-hmm. wait till episode 52 we might branch out to four Ooh, that sounds tricky. We've literally used three words. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I'm going to do the rest of the episode. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So <laughs> we got to move on. Uh, <laughs> so creating a dictionary. Um, I think this is really interesting because dictionaries are one of those objects that Swift has deemed you're going to use so often, we're going to invent uh multiple ways <laughs> to create you know to, to instantiate a dictionary mm-hmm. so zach what are those ways okay so the first way um you know you can say 
var fellowship colon and then open brackets um your key or what what type your key will be colon what type your uh value will be close brackets equals and then you have the open and close brackets with the colon in the middle without anything okay. uh that's a really hard thing to explain verbally yeah, it- yeah, and that's that's also signify an empty dictionary. Yes. Yep. Uh, the second way, you know, the first part's the same. It's var fellowship, but this time you have an equal sign. So you go straight into the equals. We had the equal sign last time, but you're going straight into the equals right. this time. Yes. Okay. Uh, instead of the colon that we had last time after mm-hmm. the fellowship portion, uh, then it's open brackets, uh, the type that your key is, colon, type that your value is, uh, close brackets and then uh your parentheses okay and then the last way last way would again var fellowship equal sign this time you actually have the word capital d dictionary uh then you have what you like to call your pac-man braces right yep yep uh then you have the type that your key is comma the type that your value is and then the closing pac-man brace and then parentheses yeah. Whew. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and, and so I think this is really interesting. So the first way we're using, uh, so we're defining the type. Uh, so this is like the typical way of defining a type in Swift. It's, you know, var fellowship, colon, and then our type, which is a dictionary type. And that's, you know, the, the open brace, string, or, you know, whatever the type for key is, mm-hmm. colon, and then hero, or whatever type our value is, close, uh, close bracket. Mm-hmm. That is basically the short form of dictionary. So we are describing the the type and then we are saying equals and then the super short form of a dictionary, open bracket, colon, close bracket. I think that's really interesting. I don't like creating uh, dictionaries that way. Okay. Uh, My preferred type is the second way, which is, you know, the var fellowship equals and then we go straight into bracket, key type, comma, or not comma, uh, colon, object type, close bracket, open close parentheses. Um, I like that way because I'm personally a big fan of, uh, oh, wow, I can't think of the term right now, where Swift determines the type out of something. What's that called? Um, I, yeah, I know there's a term for it, and I can't. <laughs> think of anything right now i literally can't think of anything right you now. literally can't all right well whatever you know how like uh i'll think of it later but you know swift determines the values of things uh and so i like that way because it looks cleaner to me and mm-hmm. swift determines what the value is i wonder if because the first way you are specifying what the type of that you know the type of that object is the way swift wants you to i'll bet you that compiles faster but um I just, just don't think it looks as clean. Mm-hmm. So I almost always use a second way. And the third way is just the, you know, the old, like really the old school, um, <clears throat> yeah. the, uh, that's, uh, that's... U- using the full object type, you know, name for, for a dictionary uh, with the, and, you know, if you, if you listen to our generics episode, um, you'll understand that in between those Pac-Man braces, which are, you know, the less than, and greater than braces, if you want to think about that, or mm-hmm. carrots or whatever. Um, but anyways, uh, th- that right there, the key type and the the object type separated by a comma, there's your generic. And so dictionary is just uh, a, 
an object that has a generic of two types, and then you open and close the parentheses to instantiate that object. Yep. And uh, so what's interesting with me is my uh, way of instantiating dictionaries evolved the the more I learned Swift. Um, I started out using the third way. Because okay. That's interesting. well, because I was coming from a Java background where I used array lists a lot, <laughs> yep. and you would instantiate array lists by saying you know array list, and then you'd have the uh, Pac-Man braces and the type that you want that array array list to contain inside the yep. Pac-Man braces, right? So because array list is also generic, so that exactly, makes sense. and so that that was what I was used to seeing in this kind of scenario. Um, mm-hmm. Then I moved to the first way because I thought, uh, you know, I was I was fully stating like I have an empty dictionary, right? It says equals, mm-hmm. and then you have just like the uh, open bracket, colon, close bracket. There's nothing in there. It's a dictionary, good to go. And now yeah. I use the second one. And and why did is, you switch to the second one? Just because it's a little cleaner. Okay, it's it's yeah. less typing, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. it's kind of funny. I started with the third, then I went to the first, and now I use the second. Yeah, part part of the reason I bring this up is uh, at the meetup on Wednesday, uh, Yariv, who was leading it, uh, he used the first way because he liked that way. So I, I just thought it was interesting. We all have our different ways that we do this, and there's no right or wrong way. It's just whatever you're comfortable with. Now, if you're working with a team, you got to make sure your entire team is... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on, on the, the same, same page. page. And uh, I will admit, uh, Raghav and I sometimes uh, have arguments here. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, because, like, another thing is, like, do you put a space after, like, when you, you know, describe the type for the key? Uh, do you put a space between that and the colon or not? Mm. Yeah. Some people don't. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way. It's just I don't, I like to put the space there. Um so I like to keep it spaced out, you know, a space on either side of the colon, but you know, uh, not everybody does. So, and there's nothing really wrong with that. It just, it's up to yeah. you. There's just different stylistic choices. Yeah. They all do the same thing in the end. Yeah. Just make sure you get on the same page with your team. Cause it gets really confusing if you don't. Yep. So it yeah. also has, you know, you can also create a dictionary through one of its five init methods. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So uh, that's and that's a way that you really don't see um, initialization of dictionaries that often. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, to me, it, it would make the code harder to read. Sure. Um, because the first three ways you do it, or the we we just covered, it, you kind of explicitly state this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and and it's not quite as much. Well, but like in general, the open and close parentheses is a substitute for the default init function, right? Right. Um, but and it, so like, but there are several other init functions within dictionary, and so you could add parameters in in init. But yeah, I think in general you don't need to do that. Right. Right, but there's probably reasons why. Uh, so, like, we'll just throw one out there, and there's other methods. And honestly, like, I never use these, so <laughs> take this all with a grain of salt. Um, you know, one of them that uh, you know we noticed was uh, minimum capacity. So you could do an init with the minimum capacity as a parameter within that init function, and 
it will pre-allocate space for that dictionary to a given size. So if for some reason you know you're going to put a whole bunch of data into this dictionary and you don't want it to uh, you know, uh, reallocate memory over and over and over again, you can pre-allocate a whole bunch of memory and it'll do that once. It will find a chunk of memory somewhere in the system and and pre you know just get it ready for this dictionary to go into and then start adding to it that could make uh stuff really fast uh mm-hmm. if you're doing like certain algorithmic type you know type stuff sure um, but uh in general i've never had to do that so yeah i guess another yeah. uh, another benefit of that is your your indices for your elements would stay stable longer i would think so yeah absolutely but again i don't know why i would use that but uh, you know <laughs> Not sure. Never know. Yeah. I, I remember in college, uh, this was a big deal in MATLAB. Uh, so whatever uh, Swift does uh, behind the scenes to allocate memory, it's it's so good. I never noticed that it's allocating memory. I don't know if it's that it pre-allocates a bigger chunk than what MATLAB did, or that when I was working with MATLAB, I was working with very large arrays of numbers because you know I was doing algorithmic type you know, type things. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I didn't pre-allocate my arrays or matrices in, in MATLAB, it would slow down, sig- my programs would slow down significantly, be, you know, when they're pre, you know, just they're allocating over and over again anytime I add a, a value to it. So, uh, you know, just something to think about. It, you know, just, uh, that's something I definitely noticed in, in, in a different type of language. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then Java, right. Java kind of behaves the same way. Yeah, with its stuff. Yeah, like with uh, so the the Java equivalent of a dictionary would be a map, correct? Correct. Yeah. So if you ever hear other programmers talk about maps, uh, what they are talking about is dictionaries. So yep, keep keep that in mind. Same same type of deal. Yep. Okay, so what can, you know, we get a couple convenience functions out of our dictionaries as well. Mm-hmm. What, what are those, Zach? Um, well, you can, you know, determine whether a dictionary has anything in it at all with the is empty uh, variable. And that can be super valuable for cutting corners and all that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, like, I don't want to do any, I don't want to iterate over this or anything. I just, is it empty or not? I just, mm-hmm. that's all I care about. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could also get the count of the dictionary. So you can count how many, like you just asked dot count, like how many value, key value pairs are in this dictionary. Yep. Um, the interesting thing with both is empty and count is that if you look at the documentation, both of those are listed twice. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, which is not uh, something you usually see. I don't know why Apple did that for dictionary, but um, if you look at it, one of the definitions has to do with the fact that dictionary conforms to the collection protocol. And uh, I guess one of the things I want to point out here is collection is not an adverb. It's it's a noun. <laughs> um, so I don't know why the Swift community decided to make, you know, make it something like collectible for this because it doesn't make any sense for <laughs> protocols. So, I mean, this is going way back to our protocol episode, but this is the one thing I hate about Swift community and no. the way they name protocols. Yeah, bring the I, fire. I Let's it. hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's basically it. Uh, stop, stop naming your protocols with <laughs> adverbs. It doesn't make sense. Uh, 
you know, a dictionary is a collection and it conforms to the collection protocol. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's keep doing that. Let's stop making weird <laughs> names for our protocols. All right. Anyways, off my soapbox. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I there's one other convenience method that maybe want to call out um, capacity. Mm-hmm. I thought this was interesting. Uh, so capacity is the total number of key value pairs that the dictionary can contain without allocating new storage. So I don't know when you'd ever use this, <laughs> but I'm sure there are reasons for it. And so like, think about like how we pre-allocate it. You know, we could pre-allocate uh, storage and all that. Uh, you can actually ask that particular dictionary you know what? You know how big can you get before you're going to start pre? You're starting. Yeah, excuse me. Going to start allocating new storage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's. I think that's neat. And so you could actually do stuff off of that. I'm not sure what you do, but you could, and <laughs> you could optimize based on that. So I like the fact that it's there, right? Like, I, yeah. Even with the things you know, like we were talking about some of the stuff earlier, dictionary literal. I don't know when you would use that. I. I that yeah. doesn't matter to me. I'm happy that it's there. Yeah. It makes me, it gives me a little warm fuzzy that Apple's thinking about these things. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I don't use it, but uh, I do more high-level programming that involves a lot of GUI stuff. Uh, so I'm sure if you're doing more algorithmic stuff, that could matter. So mm-hmm. it's there. For sure. There for you to use. Yep. Uh, so we talked about at one point in time that uh, you can get keys and values out of your dictionary. Yes. Again, that's with dot .keys, dot .values. Mm-hmm. You can also get the very first element of the collection with dot first, right. which is what we use a lot with arrays. Mm-hmm. But this, <laughs> this we, one's, yeah, go for it. Go for yeah, it. As, as we mentioned before, there is no rhyme or reason for whatever is first. So you, I, I don't know why you'd ever use this, to be honest. Right, because it could change. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, you, you know what, you could just check... Uh, that capacity never reached a hundred percent, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, something else that's really cool about dictionaries is you can call the random element function on a dictionary and get a random element out of it. So this is something I didn't know existed. I didn't either I, until I was writing the notes. Yeah. So like you could just like, let's say if I was making a game app or, uh, let's say a quiz app with cards. Um, I could instead of storing those in an array and using arc for random and try to figure out like how to do the random stuff, I could just store all my cards in a dictionary and just call dot random element mm-hmm. and get that random element. Yeah, you no longer have to do all of the math. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. <laughs> Although I, I I don't know what method they're using for that random element, so who knows how random it is. Right. Well, so the convenience you get for not doing the math is you lose the control over what you know how that ra- quote unquote randomness is actually derived. Yeah. So still really cool. I really still, like that. It's that very it can cool. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Basically, well, let's. I think the the really the last thing we need to cover is that uh, this like dictionaries also uh, use map, reduce, compact map, sorted, shuffled, 
and you could transform your dictionary into arrays using these methods. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those methods are for functional programming. Now, yes. we talked about all of those, right? We, we did. Uh, did. It we? was ep- episode okay. 46 uh, titled okay. Accidentally Functional. That's right. That was yep. our episode on functional programming. And I don't know if we went into full detail on all of these, but you know, this is a way of taking your dictionary and iterating over the values and creating arrays from, you know, for for reasons, you know, that you want. So yep. uh, yeah. Uh, so if you're curious about those uh, those methods. Uh, or those functions, uh, go ahead and check out that episode uh, where we talk about functional programming. Yep. And uh, it's kind of neat what you can do with dictionaries and, and arrays. So, <laughs> Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there anything more that you think we should cover on this, Zach? No. I mean, there's, there's more out there. <laughs> sure. But this episode is already running kind of long, so uh, yeah, we should probably start wrap, or wrap it up. Yeah, and, and I guess the one thing I'll say is, man, I use dictionary. I mentioned this, but I'm just going to say it again. I use dictionaries all the time. Yes. Um, especially for Firebase, which, again, I talk about a lot because I use it a lot for work. Um, you know, something like Firebase is, you know, everything's key value coded. I mean, well, I guess you could have arrays in there. But uh, most things are essentially dictionaries right. in their form uh, in your database. Right. And so it's just really nice to take that dictionary from my database and put it into my code as a dictionary mm-hmm. and iterate over it as a dictionary. And it's kind of nice, all the tools Apple has given us to modify dictionaries, to use them uh, in, in many different ways. So it's really, really cool. It's one of my favorite objects that uh, Apple has given us. Yeah, same here. Um, you know, anytime you get JSON back, it's a key value pair. It's, yeah. it's, it'll be well, in a dictionary. It could be an array as well, but usually uh, it's a key value. I've, I haven't, oh, so I've never dealt with uh, uh, JSON response that's an array. I'm, I'm just gonna. I've 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 had them. <coughs> okay. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. <laughs> you know, when it's an array, when you expect it to be a dictionary, is when things go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I I love dictionaries. They are actually my favorite data structure um you know i just went job hunting mm-hmm. dictionaries came up on most of my interviews in fact the really? the uh place where i'm working now their interview centered around dictionaries the the wow. coding portion of it well it makes sense it's such a vital object i don't know why we waited i know episodes before we started talking about it uh, but it's yeah it's super valuable uh so uh, you know, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. And, uh, you know, I don't think we talked about sets yet, so we'll have to talk about them, uh, sometime in the near future as well. Yep. Sets um, and tuples and yep. all sorts yep. of stuff. Yep. It's amazing how many topics there are in Swift. I know. Uh, at least, at least 51. Uh, <laughs> well, some of those were just us. So let's say f- at least 48. Okay. All right. Fine. At least 48. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Zach, do we have any shout-outs this week? Uh, yeah, I would actually love to shout-out Sean Allen. It's been a little bit since we've yeah. uh, given him a shout-out, but he's you know a friend of the show. And he actually uh, posted a video today, and he, he talked about you know eight iOS development podcasts he listens to, and we made the list. 
All right. So, Sean, if you're listening, uh, thank you so much. It uh, it actually it meant a lot to me to wind up on your list. Um, you actually did a similar video right after like we started recording, so a little over a year ago, I guess. And of course, we weren't on it because there's no reason why we should have been uh, for the first <laughs> few episodes. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching it and thinking, if we can make a list like this, then I'll feel like we're doing good, or you know, we're doing we're doing well. Mm-hmm. And here we are, and we're on the list. So I'm I'm actually very honored to to have made it on there. Well, yeah, and and Sean was actually one tw- well one fourth of all of the guests that we've had on this, uh, this podcast. So. Yes. 20% now, or 25%. I, oh, geez. Oh, my brain, my brain, it hurts. My brain, it people, hurts. People will stop respecting us if we can't do basic math. Come on. I, I got there. I, I corrected myself. You I corrected did. myself. You and did. that's you with remember? all the medication. <laughs> do you remember what episode? Oh, I think it was episode 15. Uh, what was that title? I'll go look at it real quick. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, so let's see it. Let's, uh, I do want to actually say, you know, Sean has his own podcast now and he actually, that's right. yeah. So him, he and, uh, Paul Hudson, they yeah, combined, yeah. I so, guess, <laughs> I guess they came on our show cause yeah. Paul Hudson was also a guest. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a combined, uh, you know, 50, that's 50% or, or of all 40% of the guests. if you want to do my or math. Or 40% yeah, of exact math. <laughs> 50% of all the guests that we've had on our show decided to get together and do their own podcast. So I think that's really neat. I'd like uh, to by think... the way, uh, Sean Allen's episode was episode 15. What's my YouTube channel name? There you go. So. Um, yeah, I'd like to think that they came on our show and they probably thought, well, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? They're right. Yep. Um, they're correct. Jeez. Now what's Paul, uh, what's Paul's, uh, Paul's episode? Yeah. Um, was, oh, 43. 43. That was episode 43. Yeah, that wasn't that no, long ago. I, yeah. Oh, I gotta find what. It's called though. Oh. Just, just promise you're not going to make me do any more math tonight. I, I won't make you do more oh, for math tonight. Good, thank you. You heard it here first. That is the name. We got I mean, I love that we have our names for <laughs> for our episodes, but man, we got to find a better way to make it easier. Look it up during the show for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so congratulations to them. Uh, the first episode is out right now. I'm halfway through it. I'm kind of bad with when I'm listening to episodes uh, of you know other podcasts uh so uh you know it's great go out there and listen to it uh yeah and uh let us know what you think of it too um yeah i don't think we have any uh any more uh uh uh, swift coders things to talk about do we no not that not that i know of okay um okay i think that's uh I think that's all we uh, we got this week. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great talk with y'all, and uh, we'll see you next week. Y'all have a good one. It's such a good feeling to be at the end. A happy feeling, but there may have been a mistake or two. So we'd like to hear from you. Twitter's great. Breaker might beat it. Email's fine, but we rarely read it. But we love five-star reviews. We promise to mention you So get a pen and write this down 
<laughs> Just kidding, who's got pens around? Still they'd love to hear from you Steve Berard and Zach Belgoo Tweet at Zach and have some fun At T-F-A-L-G, call you one At T-F-A-L-G, call you one You'll write back when his work is done Tweet at Steve and you will see Clever use of the emoji At S-W-B R-A-R-D Fireside Swift has its own handle So you can burn three sides of the candle At Fireside underscore Swift At Fireside underscore Swift And if your message is a little too long There's FiresideSwift at gmail.com And FiresideSwift.com FiresideSwift.com Are you a fan of prestidigitation? What? <laughs> Pressed what? Prestidigitation. Pressed. What is prestid? It's magic. Pressed? Magic. Oh. Like, Come on! Uh, I, I thought illusions? you were cultured. Uh, apparently not. Oh. Um, I, I mean, okay. So when I was growing up, man, I wanted to be a magician so bad. Like you know how like uh, you would get like those little um, the magic kits from yes. like the like yeah. a hobby store or yep. something like that. I had one as well. Yeah, I had it. I mean, I had several. I think several. Uh, <laughs> did they yeah, all, did I, they all disappear? Yes, I made them all disappear. Or <laughs> <laughs> my parents made them disappear because I played with them too much. The true um, magicians. I think one of my favorite magic sets. I think was it. Did it come with or was it separate? Well, at any point, you know, at any rate, at one point, I got a deck of cards that was a trick deck of cards. And it wasn't like one of those decks that had like the tape so you could like, you know, do cool, like, you know, throw the cards in the air and like shuffle them weird or something like right. that. Um, it had, they were marked cards. So on oh, the back, nice. yeah, so on the back, it had an intricate pattern and... It had a bunch of circles on right. the back. I've, I've, I had a, I had the same deck. I think it had like a line yep. uh, through one of the circles, and where that circle with the line was, and the orientation of the line told you what suit it was and what card number it was. Right? Yep, exactly. I loved that. I thought that was so cool. Yep, for sure. I that was. I uh, so I've I've been a fan as well. Uh, but there's a, a show on Netflix that I just started watching. And if you okay. are a fan of magic, then you will like it too. It's called Magic for Humans. Mm. Okay. And it's th- the host goes around and he just does street magic, but he's really uh, witty and it's very comedic. Okay. Um, I think a good ma- ma- uh, magician is comedic usually. I agree. Like, look at Look at Penn and Teller yes. and like, you know, all those. Yeah. Yes. So I, I would uh, suggest you go and watch it. Um, like he, he does some stuff with kids. It's hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the Stanford marshmallow test for self-control. Uh, oh, were, yeah, you put one marshmallow yes, in the front or yes. you can have two marshmallows later. Yeah. Right. So um, like one of the very first s- scenes of the very first episode is this marshmallow test. Okay. Um 
And so he's sitting behind the the one-way mirror and he's watching the kids and um he walks in to, or you know before that he walked in and said you can have one marshmallow now or you can wait 10 minutes and you can have two and there's a plate with a marshmallow on it and a like a red solo cup next to it and he goes you know if that you can use the the cup to cover the marshmallow if it's going to be too hard for you and the kids are like okay and so he walks out um and it shows the kids and a couple of them go and they they turn the cup over on the marshmallow and of course they're kids so they go and check it later right and they go mm-hmm. and they lift up the cup and the marshmallow is gone okay and That's so cool. they they lose their minds right because <laughs> they're like what what happened and he walks in later uh, after the 10 minutes is up and he goes oh you ate it oh <laughs> uh, okay well it's okay i mean that's fine <laughs> and one one kid like uh he starts crying right like he's like it was oh. it was there and he goes no here you can have this one just just here take this one is that is it good and the kid's like yeah and uh so uh then the guy goes so i think the first part <laughs> of our test is a success we made a kid cry um, and he goes, now to make things more interesting, I'm going to be in the room with the kid as another participant. And so it's him and another kid sitting at the table. They both have a marshmallow in front of them. And like the helper comes in and says, um, basically reads them both the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves and he starts kind of applying peer pressure to them. Right. Like he'll like touch the marshmallow and like, and there's one where he picks it up and actually starts eating it. And, like, the kids, they don't know how to react. They think, like, this is not what we are supposed to be doing. Okay. Uh, but, like, he he gets one girl's marshmallow, and he turns the cup over on it. And then when he lifts it up, it's a bunch of little marshmallows. <laughs> and she goes, she slides it over to her, and she goes, that was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he... Uh, he eats his. That's what I was expecting. Right. I was expecting like the cup and then turn it to two marshmallows when they lift it up. Well, but, so yeah. it gets better, right? Like, okay. So he eats his marshmallow and gets the kid to eat um, the kid's marshmallow, right? So they both eat their marshmallows, and then he takes the cup and he turns it over on his plate and he snaps and he picks the cup up and he has another marshmallow there, and so the kid gets you know wide eyed and he turns the cup over on the uh, the kid turns the cup over on his plate and snaps and lifts it up and there's no marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of shrugs and then there's a there's another girl right so he's sitting at the table with a girl he eats his marshmallow and the girl is like i don't we're not supposed to do that and he goes uh-huh. okay and then uh she he like waggles his finger at her plate and her plate like skims across the table to him and he eats hers and yeah then he eats hers and she's like what and but then he starts like choking and he coughs up a marshmallow and he puts it on the plate and then he coughs up another marshmallow and then he sneezes out a marshmallow and then they cut away from that and then they come back and he has like this mountain of marshmallows on the table in front of him and he goes he stops and he has this like bewildered look on his face and he goes i i don't know what just happened here and she looks at him and she goes you've been coughing up and sneezing up a lot of marshmallows <laughs> I gotta watch this. That it's sounds awesome. Hilarious. It is so good. Uh I highly, <laughs> highly recommend it. I think you'll get a real kick out of it. Alright, I'll check that out. That sounds awesome. Magic for humans. Magic for humans. Yep. 
Uh, have you seen any like live magic shows, like gone to, like to Vegas or yes. anything like that, and seen some of yes. the so professionals? I uh, I saw David Copperfield once when he toured, and okay. I I went to a Siegfried and Roy Roy show uh, oh, like cool. decades ago when they still had tigers. Man, I I yeah, I haven't seen either of those. Yeah, they, they were I assume they're really awesome. Really, like, really awesome shows. What was the coolest trick that they did? Oh, I, so I remember one of the ones I remember from David Copperfield is, uh, he came out into the audience and I remember this because I was sitting on the aisle and I was Mm -hmm. young. I may have been like 10. Mm Um, I was sitting on the aisle and he came down the aisle and he grabbed a girl like two rows behind me and, uh, brought her out into the aisle. And then he made like this origami rose Mm -hmm. and then, uh, he turned it into a real rose. No, oh, cool. And I was like six feet away, right? Yeah. And so I was stunned. So yeah. that probably wasn't the coolest trick he did, but it's the one that stands out in my mind the most because he was right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, I saw Penn and Teller in Vegas, I want to say like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even that long. Yeah, something like that. And, um, oh man, I'm trying to think what was the coolest thing they did. So, I mean, this one's kind of hard to, like, just really quantify. But, like, some guy, like, gave his iPhone to some, you know, to, to Penn and Teller. And so first of all, bad move. Just, yeah, that's bad move. Bad move. Uh, because he immediately lost it. Right. Um, yeah, they made it disappear. And then Penn uh, called, I think Penn or maybe Teller called, uh, called the guy's phone and there was ringing in the, the audience and it turns out that it was under somebody's chair, <laughs> in a, like wrapped in a box, in a fish, in a, you know, in, in a bag, in a fish. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had to cut the fish open and pull it out of the bag and pull it out. There's, you know, it was right. in the bag. They are, Penn and Ter- Teller are incredible. I've never actually seen their shows, but I've watched a lot of the stuff they, they've done on TV. Um, have you seen them do their, uh, so they do the cup and ball like trick, but they do it with clear cups so you can see everything they're doing. Oh, uh, you know, they did, they did something like that. Not that. But they did one where they showed the audience the whole trick. Yes. Um, and this one, I'm trying to think what it was. It was just a a simple, oh gosh, it involved Teller smoking a cigarette. And then at some point in time, he like puts the cigarette, like he, he looks away from the crowd, puts the cigarette in his ear. <laughs> He moves his fingers back to his lips to make it look like he still had the cigarette, blows out the smoke from when he initially inhaled, so it looked like he still had the cigarette. Mm-hmm. But then he like flicks his hand and the this obvious you know, the cigarette's gone. Right. But it's actually just in his ear. And then he can make <laughs> then he makes it, you know, reappear. Um and so they do it really slow and uh Penn walks you through like each of the steps and how he did it and it's like it's really neat. The the amazing thing to me is 
it's very it's not very often where a magician will show you how he does the trick and it's as impressive as you not knowing how the trick was done yeah and that's yeah. that's well, what i got out of the cup and ball thing like you mm-hmm. can see them like palming the balls and dropping them and how you know they do it all and yeah. like to have that kind of dexterity in your hands would right. be incredible and so right. like just just watching them even though you know what's happening it's still like jaw-dropping there was a, a documentary about this pickpocket in Vegas, and he would, I mean, like, he used to be a prof- like a professional pickpocket, <laughs> and at some point in time, he went legit, and now he gets hired by, uh, like, companies as entertainment, which, like, this is just <laughs> creepy entertainment to me, but, like, he will walk up to you and say, I'm going to steal your watch. And you're like, no, you're not. But then you look down, your watch is already stolen. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what? <laughs> like he pulls it out of your pocket and gives it back to you. Like it's, it's like, well, I didn't even, how, what, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, um, that's, that's scary. Yeah. Uh, but it was very impressive. Uh, Cause the documentary like goes, like he, talks about like he and that's like how he does this he explains how he does all of his things but i mean it's still no less magical right like he he you know just the methods for that him to be able to do these things like pull your wallet out of your pocket without even you real you realizing it taking your watch off your wrist without you realizing it things like that um it's incredibly impressive and also incredibly scary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Have you seen the the Penn and Teller show Fool Us? Yeah, I mean, not. I don't know what channel it's on, so it I was on actually... WB for a while. But the uh, yeah. I think it was originally on possibly like BBC. I'm not sure. I don't know. But that's but I don't I don't I don't get cable, so they like, are, or any normal TV. I see I've seen it on YouTube. But I mean their their show the premise is, you know, they have a magician come out, do a trick, and then they either say how it was done or they, you know, ask the magician, like, did you do this, this, or this? And they try to find a magician that can do a trick that they don't know how it was done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that is also insane to me. Yeah, because uh, I mean, the magicians tend to—I mean, they know a lot of tricks. They they only show some of them in in their performances, but they know a lot more than they're showing because they got to practice a bunch of them and figure out which ones are good and like adapt them for their own things. Especially Penn and Teller, right? Like, I mean, they've been in the business for a long time and they know a lot of tricks and how they're done. Uh, so it's really neat if somebody's able to fool them, right? Yep. Um, and someone I saw on their show that I think you would also enjoy is uh, Piff the Magic Dragon. Yay! Have you have you not heard <laughs> no, of I mean, Piff the Magic Dragon? No, but I I love Puff the Magic Dragon. Please so. please go look up Piff the Magic Dragon. It's a man mm. who wears a dragon suit and has a tiny chihuahua, and oh, his gosh, name is sounds- Piff. The, and he does magic. He's Piff the Magic Dragon. Oh, this is amazing! And I saw I, I so I found him on on oh. Fool Us, and uh, I've been a fan ever since. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, <laughs> this is this is the most amazing thing you've ever shown me, Zach. I figured you would uh, you would why, appreciate. Why it. have you held this from me? <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to make sure we were fifty-one episodes in. Uh, 
before I could really bring the thunder. There's a picture of him trying to bite his chihuahua's ear off. Mm -hmm. That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, watch a bunch of his YouTube videos. You'll love it. I think I need to. It's, this looks amazing. It's his kind. Like he's he's very humorous as well. Uh, his, I can tell. His dog's <laughs> name is Mister Piffles, the dog Ooh. who knows. <laughs> the dog who knows. <laughs> I love it. So I think Rocky and Mister Piffles would get along really well. Probably. I mean, Mister Piffles is smaller than Rocky, and Rocky likes smaller dogs. So yep. that should work. Yep. So go check him out. This is amazing. You're welcome. By the way, Puff the Magic Dragon was like my favorite cartoon when I was a kid for uh, a very long time. Well, were you watching the right thing? Because Puff the Magic Dragon wasn't a car. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm thinking yes, of. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I'm thinking You're of. You're thinking uh, of Pete. No, I'm thinking of. Oh, God. That's the really. So, uh, have you ever seen HR Puffin stuff? No. If. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that is. Should I, should I, should I look that up? Uh. Yes, yes, you should. You should look up H. HR Puffin stuff. It's a, uh, it's a, Puffins. yeah, it's like a puppet show from the late sixties. Oh, Whoa, that is creepy. Yeah, first episode date nineteen sixty nine. Final episode date nineteen seventy. January third. Yeah, I've seen this. This is a British show, right? Um, I'm not sure. I watched it. Like I remember my grandmother showing it to me. Oh, this is the creepiest thing. It is. I, like, this would give me nightmares. Scary as hell. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. So it, w- it was produced uh, for NBC. Really? Yeah. How is the? How is this legal? It was the 60s. <laughs> His is name so is creepy. Puffin Stuff. Like, they, they were on something. When they wrote well, this, I mean, Puff the Magic Dragon. Come on, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the synopsis: Mayor Mayor H R Puffin Stuff and the other residents of Living Island try to help young Jimmy, shipwrecked and led to their island, escape the evil clutches of Witchy Poo, a zany witch who who wants to steal Jimmy's talking flute for her collection of magical objects. But even as Jimmy tries to keep his flute out of Witchy Poo's evil grasp, he is also trying to find his way back home. Where did he get the flute? Who knows? Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, granted, like, I used to watch Fraggle Rock and all sorts of other weird kid shows um, that have probably equally zany storylines. But <sighs> I sh- this this does look a little. A this is frightening beyond belief. Oh, it's like, scary. This, this would give me nightmares. But um, I should have watched this when I was taking the yeah. medication yesterday. Seriously, I mean, like some of like they, they have scary trees in like the pictures that I'm looking yeah, at here. Yeah, and, like the trees are frightening. They're horrific. There's like a rat. What is this? <laughs> Puffin stuff the movie. There's a movie, and like the witch has like a a henchman rat that would give me nightmares. Yeah. What are these? Like some sort of weird fungal octopus creature <laughs> things. Yeah, I don't remember much of it. I just remember like I think I watched one episode and it's it was so like traumatic. 
it has <laughs> just driven itself into my brain and I will never ever forget it. Oh man. HR puffin stuff. Well there you go. Mm-hmm. Now I won't sleep. Uh you can watch Piff the Magic Dragon, it'll be fine. Yeah, that's that's better than this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>